What's up, Crossroads fam? Glad that you're here with us. The series that we've been looking at is Did You Hear? Did you hear what the media said? Did you hear what the music you listen to says? Did you hear what your friends say? We say things because it's based off of things that we've heard. The question is, is are the things we're saying the truth? So what we're going to be trying to do tonight is figure out exactly what the truth is, where it comes from. So when we are speaking, the things we say are true. Glad that you're with us. Welcome to Did You Hear the Bible? All right, folks, just um, give me a little bit of time. I'm going to get you out of here. Of course, the last several weeks we've been talking about Did You Hear? And we talked about everything from the stuff you hear on media. Is anybody freezing? Y'all okay? I had to turn the air because of the paint and <laughs> just. So, man, we're going to have Bible study. <laughs> Everybody, y'all look great. Anyway, um, <clears throat> what we oh, the media that you see on television, stuff you watch on YouTube, the things you do through your social networks, uh, through the music you listen to. Uh, yet again today, there was another song. What was it? It was the one about the. So baby, pull me closer in the backseat of you. And yeah, talked about changing sheets on the bed, right? So anyway, that came on the radio, and I was just the baby put me. So that, and then we talked about last week the things that you hear from your friends, and you have been hearing so much stuff. Um, we'll talk about politics in a minute, but I thought, why not watch a video? Are y'all sick of politics? Yes. Sick of it? You are. I'm having fun with it now. Oh yeah, we're gonna watch a video. Thanks, man. I was talking with a guy the other day, and he was telling me how his um, brother-in-law and sister-in-law came to church, and his mother-in-law came to church, and it's the first time she's been in church in 25 years. And the pastor gets up and he says, take your Bibles if you would and turn to. And he told them the scripture. And she just sat there with the Bible in her, in her hands. And so later on he asked her, he said, I noticed that you didn't turn to it in your Bible. Why not? And she said, well, I didn't know where it was. And he said, well, you know, there's at the front of the Bible, you can see where the books of the Bible are. She said, yeah, but nobody else was doing that. And I didn't want to look like I didn't know what I was doing. So let me say this. There is no shame in going to the front of your Bible. I've had to do it numerous times, especially when you get a new Bible and stuff stuck together. They've removed books from my Bible before. So most important thing is that you find the Scripture. And we're going to get into that in just a couple of minutes. Yesterday was Election Day. I don't know if you knew that. I don't know if you've heard about it, but there was a presidential election that went on. How many of you had the opportunity to vote for the first time this time? Crawford, Crawford, yeah, I voted. You got a sticker just because you're you're adorable. You know, bananas get a sticker for being a banana. Anyway, (laughs) isn't that harsh? Yeah. See, anyway, um, how many of you really keep up with the politics of what's been going on? Okay, y'all two can't talk at all. All right. So, someone else, give me your opinion on what's been going on in the political world. Chaos. Chaos, okay? Bunch of crap. Bunch of crap. Hey, there you are. Yeah, bunch of crap, what that is. Yeah. I'm there with you 100%. Here, here's something that I want to tell you. Don't let it freak you out what you've seen in the political world. And the reason I say that is not everybody are buttholes. Not everybody's going to do what they've done. 
and that's from both sides. Um, now, whether you were for Trump or whether you were for Hillary, it doesn't matter. What matters is that at some point we've got to find a way to become a nation again and become a country that doesn't hate each other. How many of y'all watched The View? Any of y'all ever seen The View? <laughs> I just had to see what they were going to do because I know they're very liberal. Except for DJ Tanner. DJ Tanner's on there. What's her name? Candace. Candace. Cameron Beret. Oh, she's French. Um, so anyway, I, I just had to see what was going on. And it was just amazing to me, just the sheer terror in the eyes of people who didn't get the, the political candidate that they wanted. And it was just, it was really one of these, give me a break. But I kept hearing all this negative stuff. And you're at a place now to where you've got to start making decisions from your, for yourself. And we talk about this a good bit because you are at that age where you're being shaped and you're being molded into the adults that you will become. And until a certain age, your mom and dad tell you what decisions to make. And, and then you get to the place where you're influenced by your school teachers because your school teachers teach you things as well. Now, hopefully you have good school teachers that don't teach you their version of history and their version of science and their version of math. They teach you every part of it so you can figure out things for yourself. And then you've got friends that interject their views on things as well, and that all is part of your thought-making process. And all that that goes on makes you into what you are today. Every little thing that happens in your life becomes part of who you are, from the most minute thing to the largest thing. It all becomes part of what you are. But at some point, you've got to find your own voice, and you've got to know what you need to be listening to. And I was talking with Big Hun. Big Hun came earlier and we were talking and he said you just don't know who to trust anymore I said what are you talking about he said there's no media that you can trust he said there's 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 not many people that you can trust anymore how am I supposed to know what to think and if y'all know Big Hun Big Hun's never had a problem of thinking on his own but that's one of the questions that he had was how do I process all this stuff and make the right choice how do you come to these big decisions? What are the voices that you hear now? Like, I've got voices in my head. But what are the things that you're listening to to help you make the decisions? Now, to my two guys that I said couldn't talk, tell me about politics. What's been going on in the political? Now, Seifer, you're a recent college graduate, so you're an educated man. You went to Auburn, War Eagle. Um, from a recently graduated college person, how did this election affect you? Uh, <laughs> to me, like, I really got interested in care from the beginning because I was like, this is the first election where whoever wins is going to be like, it's the first president of my adult life and everything that I was going to be going through over the next few years, like getting married and like getting a house and a job and everything like this person has an effect on that and so that's why I really got into it I guess and in the beginning and then I mean I really just got interested in it in total which I've always been a little interested in politics but Peyton I know you've always been involved in politics from the time you ran for president no just kidding I know that you've always liked politics so give me your spin on what has been happening in the political world like just since they started campaigning? Sure. I don't know, like, there are a lot of people 
we saw a lot of different people on both sides. It's just, like, I don't know, it's hard to describe because you just, like, watch everything because there's so much stuff. That was very political. Thank you. <laughs> but I, I do want to reassure you that Voting is one of the greatest privileges you have. And I've got a friend, his name is Zolt. I don't really know how, he's from Hungary. And he's a soccer guy. And he made the, the statement the other day, he says, I grew up in Hungary in the 70s and 80s. He said, you had a choice on which socialist person would be your president. He said, enjoy the democracy that you have. Enjoy the freedom to vote and elect whoever you want. We were appointed people to vote for. And that's one of the things that you got to keep in mind. My greatest desire is for you to start listening to the right voices, the influential voices that are coming into your life, so you will start making decisions that is going to shape what tomorrow is in the United States. Um, that's, that's one of my greatest desires to see our country be an amazing country. And I hear people say that we would become one nation under God again. I don't know that we've ever been there. Since I've been born, I've never seen it. I was born in 1970. I've never seen a country that, that our country that just truly loved each other and did everything uh, for the betterment of their own nation. Now, there are certain areas that do that, but for the most part, I've never seen it because we're in such a consumer mindset of where I want. And that's what I want us to talk about tonight is the voices, all the voices that you hear, there's one voice that you've got to listen to. And in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, he spoke his first words and he said, let there be light. His first words were to show you light. And when it says, let there be light, and we've talked about this so many times because light is such a big thing at crossroads. That's why the hallway is black. Uh, when I was meeting building green and grounds, you would have think you would have thought I was wanting to tear down this and build the Taj Mahal. They were like, "You're going to do what?" I said, "I just want to paint it black." And they was like, "Why black?" I said, "Because we walk in a dark world, but there's always light. We've got to look for it." And they were like, "Oh, God, okay." And so you've got a black hallway now. And there, when God said, let there be light, it was more than just an exclamation of let me get my voice out there. It was to show us that there is a voice that we need to be listening to. And it was a voice from the very beginning. And that voice is something that you've got to hang on to because the whole world is wanting to tell you all kind of things. But you've got to listen to the one that created the world. What was my... Uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, let, there, uh, let us make man in our own image and our own likeness. And so the first thing God said to the Trinity, and that's when it says, let us make man in our image, it's talking about the Trinity there. And so as he's talking to the Trinity, he said, we're going to make man, we're going to make creation, we're going to make humans in our image. And the thing is, is we do not display a good image of what God is because of the sinful nature that we live in. There was a time when life was perfect. I don't know about you, but I would love to have a perfect life. How many of y'all have a perfect life? Anybody? I mean, you got good lives. I mean, you live in America. Not many of you are starving right now, right? Most of you get to sleep inside tonight, right? And you're not going to have to walk home. You are going to have to walk home? <laughs> yeah, I'm walking home. That's why I got these long boots on. I saw that. So we've got a good life. We've got a really, really good life. But there could always be a better life. Could you imagine a world where there is no sin? 
where there is no pain, where there is no suffering. And that world was mankind's. And God gave one little direction. Don't eat from that tree. And as soon as they chose to disobey God, life turned upside down. That voice is the voice that we've got to hold on to. That voice that created us. And what you've got to understand is that long before the United States was, God was. And long after you're gone, God will still be. The bigger thing that we've got to hold on to and the bigger thing that we've got to listen for is the voice of God. And I have always wondered what it would be like to hear the audible voice of God. And I wish I could tell you that I'm such a holy person that I drive down the road in my Jeep and God just pulls up in the passenger seat and goes, what's up, Kenny? How's your day, Ben? I'm God. I really know. I just want to hear what you say. (laughs) It doesn't happen for me like that. I wonder what it would be like to hear the voice of God. And when I read the Bible, I see time and time again where God truly speaks to people. He talked to Adam and Eve. He talked to Moses. He talked to Abraham. There's all the, he talked to Noah. All these people that he talked to. And God has a message that he wants you to hear. But I think a lot of times we're at the place where we don't want to hear it anymore. Do you ever get that way with your parents? If your parents aren't here, don't answer that. But there are times when your parents are talking and you just don't want to hear what they've got to say, even if it's for your own good. I, I could not stand for my mom to look at me and go, it's for your own good. Which means boring, no fun, sit at home, which was no big deal. We didn't ever go anywhere anyway, but oh, watch Hee Haw and the Lawrence Wilk show. <laughs> Welcome to my... Yeah, it was horrible. I wanted to watch Solid Gold. Yeah, them girls went down. Dad won't watch Hee Haw because he played in the band with Roy Clark. And I think the girls with them Daisy Dukes on, which weren't Daisy Dukes. But anyway, I can't stand for somebody to say it's for your own good. And we're at a place now in this world where we don't want anyone to tell us what to do. We want to make our own decisions. You're at the age where you really want to make your own decisions. And my son at 11 years old, he's getting to the place where he wants to make his own decisions. He walked in the other night and said, hey, Dad. I was like, yeah, he doesn't really talk like that. It's just fun to do that. He's like, hey, Dad. I was like, yeah, what's up? He's like, I sound like Tim Hawkins. Anyway, <laughs> and he comes in. He says, can I eat in my bedroom? I said, what? My bedroom. Can I eat in there? I was like, why would you want to eat in your bedroom? Watch TV. I said, son, you what? What? We, what are you going to watch? Animaniacs. Can I come? He was like, no, I just really want to eat by myself. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my son doesn't want to eat dinner with us. And I looked at Jessica, my darling wife, and I said, what's that all about? She, I don't know, just let him do it. <laughs> okay, son, you can eat in your bedroom. All right. So I went in there, I said, okay, got a couple of rules. He went, oh. I said, sit up here in the studio. That's what we call his bed. His bed's like this high off the ground. So he sits up here and I say, you sit up here in the studio and put your food right here. Don't put it on top of your record player because your record player plays jazz. 
Not many folks dig jazz. You and the bug man dig jazz. So don't mess up the record player. Don't put it over here because there's electrical things here. And if you, you know, drip some sauce in it or something, you could probably blow the house up. So leave it right here. Now, when you eat, you got chicken nuggets or chicken parts and chicken pieces. When you pick them up, you put them into your mouth first. Don't go to the floor with it. Don't go to the bed with it. Go into your mouth, straight into your mouth. Now, if you want to dip it in a little, little bit of that honey mustard, going to get you a little, uh, right in the mouth. Now, when you get through putting that in your mouth, what are you going to do with your hands? And he was going, I don't know. What are we going to do with hands? I said, you're not doing this. You're not doing this. You got a necking. He was like, a necking. And so he gets his necking. And I said, you wipe them fingers off. I said, you good? He said, I'm good. I said, all right. And then I hear, uh-oh. <laughs> right by the time I left, I don't know what's under the bed. There's probably a chicken nugget under there. Let me out. I don't know what's happening under there. But he wanted to be in there all by himself. But when I was telling him these things, it was for his own good. Because if you get chicken grease on any of that stuff, mama going to hit you. We don't like getting hit by mama. So I'm telling these things, and he's just like, Dad, I know how to eat. And I said, yeah, that's why there's food all over our kitchen, because you know how to eat. We don't like being told what to do. And sometimes the message God has for us, we don't want to hear. It's just like Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were given everything. They didn't have to want for anything. They didn't have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go whatever kind of job would have been back then, I guess, paving roads. I don't know what they did back then. They, They didn't have to do that. There wasn't childbirth. Ladies? Ooh. Yeah, I'm sorry. All of this, it was a perfect world. And God said, hey, this is all yours. Man, just look at it. it reminds me of the Lion King. Except it's God. But when Simba's sitting there with his daddy, he says, as far as you can see is yours. Everything they saw, God had given to them. He said, oh, there's one thing. Don't eat from that tree. And as soon as that came out of his mouth... In their mind, somewhere in their mind, Satan knew that he could mess with them. And he said, did he really say not to eat from this tree? Well, he just doesn't want you to eat from that tree because then you'll be like him. And he don't want you to be like him. He wants to be God. So that's the only reason he wants that. That's the only reason he's telling you not to. And you know, sometimes God's got a message for you and it's not what you want to hear. Sometimes it's you need to get out of a relationship that you're in. Sometimes it's you need to distance yourself from certain people because they're putting you in places where you don't need to be. Sometimes it's you need to be more respectful to your parents. Sometimes it's you need to be more faithful to God. And a lot of times we don't want to hear that message because I'm a grown man. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. But God says, I'm telling you this for your own good. And then he talked to Noah. He says, Noah, I need you to build an arky arky. Y'all sang the song, right? God told Noah to build him an arky arky. See, I don't know that song. I'll teach it to you one day. That was pretty much it. So anyway, he's going to build an ark. And he said, now all your friends are going to make fun of you because you're going to be sitting there with gopher wood. Well, it's gopher wood. It's what the arky arky was made out of. And as he's building the arky arky, his friends come out and go, Noah, what are you doing? I'm building an arky arky. Why? Because it's going to flood. What? It's going to floody, floody, the arky arky. What? What's a flood? It's like water coming from the sky. We've never seen water from the sky. It's kind of like he lives in Chilton County. We've never seen water from the sky. 
And he's like, yeah, but this is different. And so in the morning time when I wake up, there's dew on the ground. And my, my sandals get all, oh, and I hate that. So yeah, but this is different. This is coming from the sky. It's going to be so much rain till it's going to kill everything. And they're going, man, you tripping. That gopher wood must be wacky. You must be smoking gopher wood. You crazy. And even though he was going through all of that, he was following what God said. But there had to be parts of him that went, gosh, why, why, why did it have to be me? I mean, yeah, it's me. I'm not going to die. But everybody's against what I'm doing. And God's got a message from you. And sometimes it's going to ostracize you from all of your friends. It's going to set you aside from all of your friends. It's going to put a distance between you and the people that you consider to be buddies. Because God says, I want you to do something else instead of following the crowd. And we don't want that. We want to be in the crowd. We want to be part of the crowd. We want to lead the crowd. But a lot of times God wants us to lead in a direction that's not going to be popular. And just like Noah, he's given us that command, but we've got to hear his voice. And he talked to Abraham. His name was Abram at the time. He says, hey, uh, dude, I know you're like 90-something years old, but it's time for you to move. It's time for me to move. Me and my wife, Sarah, or Sarah at the time, uh, I can't, how, how am I going to tell her we got to move? And we've been living here for years. We've got all of our servants here. We've got everything here. Our garden's here. Everything's here. We, we actually started building a swimming pool. You know, whatever. And he says, but you've got to move. And he says, well, okay, God, if, if I'm moving, where am I going? He says, I'll let you know when you get there. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I would want to do that. Because I want to know where I'm going. We will go out to eat for family fun night at times when we have family fun night. And I'll look at my wife and I'll go, what you want to eat? Which in English is, what do you want to eat? And she'll go, um, I don't know. Um... Gosh, um, what are you in the mood for? No, 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 no. I'm asking a question. I'm driving the car. I'm asking a question. What do you want to eat? Embarrassing the baby. He's like, let's go to the neighborhood grill. I was like, son, we can go other places. Yeah, but they got honey mustard. You know, he just loves it. I was like, no, 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 no. Jessica, baby, what you want to eat? Uh, mm, uh, let's see. What's around here? You live in Clanton. What's around here? I mean, they just opened up Jiminy Quick hot dog stand or something. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> what neighborhood used to be, there's a hot dog place down there now. I don't know. What's it called? Does anybody know? Mad dog. Mad dog. What I said. Jiminy. Whew. Anyway, so, I mean, it's not like you got a whole lot. Hmm, gosh, let's see. What would I want? Would I want a fast food or would I want to sit down and... Hmm, do I want Italian? Do we have Italian? We've got Italian, but we've never eaten Italian here. Hmm, what do I want? And finally, she'll just say, just start driving. <laughs> and I will look at my wife and I'll go, that, um, yes, dear, because I like sleeping inside. And I will just start driving and I will get to an intersection where there's, I've got to turn right or left and I'll just sit there. <laughs> and there'll be traffic behind me and they're blowing their horn and telling me I'm number one. <laughs> with the wrong finger. They're like, we believe! I see it on your windshield back window. You, We believe you need to move! And I'm just sitting there. And Bear's going, Dad, um, they're blowing their horn. So, yeah. What are you doing, Dad? I'm waiting on your mom to tell me where we're going. Oh, um, turn left. 
Click. No, 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 no. The other left. <laughs> now look at my wife, who is brilliant. She graduated from high school a year early. She graduated with all them cum laudes and glaude haudes from college. She's brilliant. That's a baby name, but one left. So well, I meant that way. That's right. Yeah, turn that way. Well, now I've got to drive around the cemetery. I don't know where we're going. Where do you want to eat? Um, gosh, and we start the whole process. I want to know where I'm going. But sometimes God says, step out in faith. Get out of your comfort zone, and I'll let you know when you get there. And that's the hardest thing to do. And folks, please hear this. If you start making that decision now as a teenager to step out on faith, when you become an adult and God tells you to do things, you don't think twice about it. It becomes something very, very easy for you to do. I talked to a man three weeks ago, and he said, I just want to be in God's will. He said, I can remember one time when he told me to do something and I didn't do it and I never want to be in that position again. And he's talking about relocating his whole family. Just getting up and go. God's got a message from you and a lot of times it's going to take you out of that comfort zone. It was real easy for Abraham and his wife to sit right where they've always been. It was easy for them to sit there and have all of their servants and to know where the the corner market was and know where to go buy cattle and know where to do everything because it was convenient. But the message God had for them was to get out of your comfort zone and move. We've got to listen for the voice of God. And a lot of times in the world that we live in today, life is so fast-paced that we can't hear anything. When y'all, before we started counting, before Mary and I started counting, y'all were all talking. Y'all know what Mary and I were talking about? It's because you were making noise. You couldn't hear what we were saying. Ain't none of your business what we were talking about, but we live in a world that's so noisy till we can't hear the voice of God. And God tells us in His Word, in Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, it says to be still and know that I am God. And that's one of the hardest things for us to do. I talk about how busy your life is. As adults, our life's kind of crazy too. And I looked at my wife and she's wanting to do this cool picture for our Christmas card. We're going to send a Christmas card out. We've been married for 148 years. Our son's 39 years old. And we've never done a Christmas card. So we're going to do a Christmas card this year. And she's got this great idea. And I said, I'll bring my camera home. She said, Kenny, we don't have a night this week where we can do it. I said, well, we can do it in the morning. She said, at 5 in the morning, you going to get up and put your Christmas stuff on? No, ma'am, I'm not. You know? And she's like, we're going to do a Christmas card. But our lives are so busy. And then when you do have that time to just do absolutely nothing, your mind doesn't stop. Constantly moving. And God says to be still and know that I am God. And a lot of that comes from the fact that we're all searching for something. Give us peace. We're looking for something that's going to give us contentment. We're looking for something that's going to give us the comfort that we search for and we long for so much. We're looking for love. And we're looking everywhere and we're going so fast to try to find it till we're never still so we can get that love. When Barrett was about that old, I would come in from work and May would be there. And I said, did you do anything cool today? She said, I can't tell you. She got to hear him talk first and walk first and poop first and all whatever. So she knows all about what my son did when he was little. And so I would come in from work and I would sit there and he would love to, he still loves to laugh, but he loved to laugh as a little one. And he would get so tickled and he'd lose his breath and little chubby cheeks and long, he had long old Hanson hair. Y'all don't know what Hanson is, but it was just long hair. And he would laugh and he would fall down and just lay back on his back and get up. And he'd go, I hug you, daddy. And he would run them little stumpy legs over to me. Ah. And I'd just stand there and go, come here, son. 
And he would just, ah, face plant. And I go, ha, ha, ha. And he would go, ha, ha, ha. He'd stand back up, all about 18 inches out. He'd go, I hug you, daddy. I said, all right, come on, come on, hug me. And I'd do like this. He'd come to hug me again, and I'd move out of the way again. Face plant. I thought it was so funny, and then Jessica comes in. What are you doing? Oh, we're playing a Hug Your Daddy. She's like, how do you play that? I said, would you like to play? <laughs> she says, no, because you're not my daddy. I said, okay, that's good. Yeah, good. I mean, chill and count. Yeah, 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 that's all right. I said, so I said, here's how we play. And I went into the area of the, the house that was a hardwood floor, not thinking, because I'm dumb. And Bear looks at me and he goes, <sighs> I said, you want to hug daddy? I hug you daddy. I said, well, come on, buddy. And so here he comes. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Slid across the floor. Justin's like, okay. I was like, well, he's a fat, he's clumsy. I said, what? She said, you're going to hurt him. I'm not going to, maybe I am going to hurt him. But everything about him, everything that he started doing from a young age, it started being kind of like what I do. He walks like I walk. He talks like I talk. He's smart like his mama. Praise God for that. But he's got rhythm like your boy. He's got sick beats. And that's, that's one of the craziest things is the way he loves his music. And I'm the same way. There are things that you pick up from your family, things that you just know from your family. And one of the things Barrett learned at an early age was I can't truly love on daddy if daddy's moving. And then Barrett would, in his mind, you could just see the wheels turning. If I sit still long enough, daddy will come to me. And I would. I go, Barrett, you want to hug daddy? And he'd just sit there. You know little kids when they sit, they kind of look like Buddha. Just <laughs> And I go, Barrett, Barrett, you can hug daddy? And I would just, and I go pick him up. I pick little Buddha up. I go, come here. He knew that all he had to do was be still and daddy was going to come. About three weeks ago, we got some kind of dishes for Jessica for Christmas. It's festa, festa wear. It's festa wear. <laughs> God, we'll never get to have a, anything new again, but she's got fiesta wear. And Barrett had a bowl of cereal, and he got through with this bowl of cereal, and we're laughing and cutting up, having a good time. We have fun at home. And all of a sudden, there it goes, blam! And I looked at Jessica and went, don't move, son. Now, I couldn't jump up because I'm my back and stuff. I'm just laying on the couch. Don't move, son! And Jessica looks at me and like, I'm getting there. And she said, I'll go. I said, no, 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 no. I don't know exactly what happened. I don't want you to have a heart attack. If I die from a heart attack, it's cool. I'm old. So, so I got up and I went in there and Bear's just standing there and just big old crocodile tears up in his eyes. I go, are you okay? Yes, sir. He starts crying. And by the time Jessica turns the corner, he comes unglued. And me being the compassionate father I am, said, son, why are you crying? <laughs> That's what my daddy used to say. I picked it up from daddy. He said, because I broke her dish. I said, you sure did. <laughs> and it was broke perfectly in half. I probably could have glued it back together. I was like, oh, I'll just throw it away. It's no big deal. <laughs> $90, whatever it costs, you know. 
And he's just standing still. And there's little pieces of glass everywhere. And he's barefoot because we country. And I said, don't move. Daddy will come get you. And so I walked over there. And I had shoes on. And I just grabbed him under his arms, picked him up, and just walked over with him. And just walked him out of harm's way. God's got a message that He wants you to hear. And He's saying, be still and know that I am God. Let me bring this message to you, but you're going to have to be still so you can hear it. This message that He has is something that's incredible. It not only gives you guidance, it not only gives you wisdom, it gives you that hope that is found only in Christ Jesus. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 through 12. Somebody read that for us, please. Sure. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. The Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty. The people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I alone and left. Now they are trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. As Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. Thank you. This passage of Scripture really speaks to my heart because of Miss Myrtle Littleton. And from the time I was a little kid, I would go on mission trips with Miss Myrtle. And she would always quote this verse because we would listen to loud music. And she would say that it was raunchy music. And you talk about people hearing lyrics and thinking it means something that it doesn't. We sang a song by a group called The Tubes, and it was called She's a Beauty. And we did a lip sync to it back in like the, the 80s. And it was cool. We were the oldest kids at camp, so everybody thought we were cool. And we got up there and we did that song and it was awesome. And there was an old pastor who became one of my dearest friends. And he stood up and he said, what are y'all doing with that garbage? And we're all just like, huh? It's talking about smoking marijuana. And we're like, what? And Mr. Murray's like, oh, I didn't know that's what it was about. You all go to your cabins now. And we're like, what the crap? And I was like, gee, because his name was Brother Gary. I was like, gee, this ain't got nothing to do with drugs. Yes, it does. I was like, God, you hippie? No, it doesn't. It's about a girl. Just, ah. Uh. Drove me crazy. But Myrtle came into our cabin that night. Miss Myrtle, we're in a cabin. You can't come in here. Oh, I've seen little boys before. <laughs> so, so we all went to Buddha. Just <laughs> she walked in and she sat a chair down in the middle of our cabin. And she says, I have to tell you all that I'm very disappointed in you. And we're like, but Miss, Miss Myrtle. And by then we went to Miss Myrtle. We all called her Myrtle. And didn't mean anything disrespectful. But I said, Miss Myrtle, that song didn't have anything to do with drugs. She said, oh, I didn't think it did. I thought Gary was full of it. I said, yeah, G's full of it. Yeah. And she said, but the problem that I have is it was so loud. And I was like, well, that's how you go. It's wrong. You know, I was like, what? What's wrong with it being loud? She says, those little children look up to you guys. And all y'all did was make a lot of noise. And they think it's awesome. And I was like, well. It was pretty awesome, Myrtle. She says, yeah, 
But what if they think the only way they can hear important messages is if it's extremely loud? And I'm, I mean, we're 12 years old. Go, what in the world is, what are you talking about, Myrtle? And she starts quoting this, this passage of Scripture. And she said, and God moved and the ground shook, and the rocks were torn apart, and the winds came, and earthquakes, and all this. But God wasn't in that. He was in the still, small voice, in the whisper. And I don't know about you, but I like to, be, to know for sure that I'm doing what's right. My dad used to always let me know when I was doing right, and definitely let me know when I was doing wrong. And I working on cars, whatever it was, chopping wood, He would let me know what was right and what was wrong. And it was never a, hey, buddy, that's a good job. He would yell his instructions to me. And I don't know if it's, I don't know why he talks so loud, but he did. He'd go, give me that 516th. Oh, yes, sir. And I would find a wrench that had 516th on it, and I'd hand it to him. Give me, and he would just, whatever it was, yes, sir. I got my instructions from those orders. My mother was country girl, and she was loud with one of them voices. You just kind of, meh. She would be in the living room, Kenny Ken. And she would squeal that out. And it didn't matter where I was. If I was in a five-mile proximity, I could hear her. She yelled her instructions to me. And that's what I was used to. And I want God to scream his message to me. But God doesn't put up billboards. That's Alexander Shannara. <laughs> that one was free. That just happened. So anyway, God doesn't send you an email. He doesn't send you a text. You're not going to get a Snapchat from God. I don't know what Snapchat does. So anyway, I, he's not that. If you want to hear from God, you've got to be alone with God. Now you in, in, in mass, in groups, you can get a message from God. But when he's got a specific message for you, it's for you to sit still. And truly listen to God. And the best way for us to listen to God is through His Word. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the very beginning. This thing we call the Bible, it is the recorded history of what God was, what God is, and what God will be. And this, this Bible, this gift from God is for us, for instruction, for direction. It's more than just something you're supposed to bring to church. It's more than just something that when the pastor says, would you stand with me as we read from, you don't feel weird just standing there going, because you don't have your Bible. It's, it's more than that. This is life. This is the directions that you need for life. And so many of us don't even crack it open. So many of us don't even know where our Bible is right now. I've got Bibles all over the place. And it's not because I've, I forget them. I just want to make sure there's one close. Because this Word is that important. It's so important in Deuteronomy. It's talking about that you need to tie this on your head. These words that I have spoken to you, you tie them on your head. You, you wrap them around your hands. You teach them to your children as you're sitting at dinner, as you're walking down the street. You're teaching them the Word of God. And it's because God has a message for you. But you've got to look for that message. And you've got to listen for that message. The Word God has from you can come in many different ways. But the only way to truly know it's a message coming from God is to know who God is. You will not be fooled by the world if you measure the world against the Word of God. 
That's why the whole thing of circles that we do on Sunday nights, the first question I ask my adult group each week is, what did you hear from God? And that's studying the Word of God, writing out, explaining what I heard from God, applying that to my life, and then my response to what I'm doing with what I've heard from God. Because He's got a message for you guys. The question is, is are you willing to hear it? Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for the opportunity you give us just come to your house. Thank you for being a part of our podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. Reach out to us through social media. You can find all our social media links at KennyCrossroads.com. Maybe you've got some topics. Maybe you've got some questions. We want to hear from you. So be sure and reach out to us. And like always, see you at Crossroads.